0: Mercy Harper, writer for research services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Melissa Houston, a financial strategist for CEOs, the founder of the Business Society, and a writer for publications such as Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine to talk about what's in store for financial management in 2022 and beyond. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you so much, Mercy. I'm so happy to be here. I've also got Megan McCulloch here, who is leading APQC's Financial Management Trends and Priorities Survey.
1: Hi, everyone. Good to see everybody.
0: So I know that Megan and I are both really excited to hear your insights, Melissa, about the future of finance, particularly as it applies to all those interesting startups, entrepreneurs, and small businesses that you work with. But first, could you tell us
1: a little bit about yourself and your journey through finance? Yeah, absolutely. So, becoming an accountant was actually my second career choice. So, um, I had started off in social work, but I realized that, you know, it would be a high burnout rate if I wanted to have a family of my own and such, so um, I did the practical choice. I had, I had started a business degree and I needed to major in something and accounting sounded great. So, I kind of consider myself an accidental accountant in a way because it certainly wasn't on my radar when I was younger, but it has definitely... Definitely been a fantastic journey. I have been in accounting for over 20 years. So, I initially started off my accounting career in corporate accounting. Uh, I was working for a lot of high tech firms, and I eventually moved into public accounting because corporate tax was something that really interested me. And working with uh, smaller business owners to me was absolutely fascinating. And one thing I really noticed when I was working with smaller business owners was that there was generally a um, a gap of information when it comes to managing their business and managing the money within their business. I mean, small business owners are fantastic at what they're doing and what they're offering to the world. But when it came to um, accounting and understanding how it could work for them, if they understood what was going on in their numbers, I really noticed that, that that knowledge was was lacking. So I knew when I was going to go out on my own, I knew at some point I was definitely going to go out on my own. And I knew that that's exactly what I wanted to offer. And so I started my business two years ago, almost two years ago. And, um, that's exactly what I offer is, um, I consider myself a financial strategist for CEOs and I teach them that, you know, your numbers is not something to fear. Your num- your money is not something that you need to sweep under the rug and hope for the best. I teach them how to increase their profit margins so that they can keep more money in their pocket and increase their net worth. Fantastic, Melissa. Um, So Mm -hmm. for organizations large and small, finance teams are still struggling to move beyond spreadsheets for reporting and analysis. So what are some accessible, affordable technology tools that you think finance teams should explore to help them get away from using those spreadsheets for reporting? I mean, that is a really, really good point. There are so many new technologies coming out through fintech. Um, I get pitched stories on the regular about, you know, what new products are coming out, and I find them really fascinating. But the the problem is, is that it's very piecemeal, right? So you've got um, these, these technologies or these apps that are focusing on, you know, maybe they take your accounts payable and make it more efficient, or maybe they're taking your cash management and helping you make that more efficient. But there's not this all-encompassing software that is helping you with that. And all these different um, apps need to speak to each other. So the thing is, Excel is very, I mean, it's such a powerful tool. And I have been using Excel since, you know, the beginning of my career, and I still use it to this day. And as much as I would love to get away from it and find something that's so much easier to use, I just haven't found that product. Mm. So, you know, having that built into your accounting system, I'm sure will be on its way, or maybe it's already out there and I'm just not aware of it. But I just don't see the um, solution right now.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think we're seeing that on our end as well. These are very kind of little bits and bobs solutions. And especially I think for, for the organizations that you're working with, they may not be as accessible because for a large organization that has like one team, that's just doing one part of whatever, buying a technology tool for them makes sense. Right. But to trickle it down to, um, something that, you know, a, a startup can jump right into and, and, Get a good ROI from, you know, we're not quite
1: there yet. Exactly, and the large corporations are using these, you know, expensive softwares that are made specifically for, you know, accounting for large organizations. So if they need to have, um, you know, a unique need to, that they need to address, these software companies can build these modules that can just attach, so everything communicates within the software efficiently whereas for the smaller business owners yes they they will look at you know the i i think typically the the new and shiny objects so these new apps are very appealing to them however there are software systems that are smaller and specifically made for smaller business owners that are really, really good to use. And I don't want to use the specific name I'm thinking of because <laughs> I don't want to promote anything, but if you do your research, there are smaller uh, software packages out there that can absolutely fill your needs as a business owner.
0: Absolutely. And appreciate, we, yeah, we try not to promote any one vendor in particular over another <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Uh, Just another quick one on tools, Um, anything that's not really specifically finance, um, you know, technology, but it's still a work technology that you think that, um, you know, small finance teams might be able to take a little bit more advantage of or use a little bit more effectively
1: oh there are so many automation tools out there right now for um, small businesses that you know the more you can automate and that's certainly a trend that's going on not just in accounting but in business in general so the more you can automate and streamline your processes it frees up your time to focus more on the things that are going to really matter in your business so you know whether it's streamlining for you know Scheduling appointments, booking things on your calendar, or something, you know, more efficient like, um, you know, cash management apps that we were, you know, referring to a little bit earlier. I mean, the point is, if, if you are using a tool that you enjoy using, I would never discourage anybody from not using it because it's better to use that and have it maybe um, not, not as efficient as, you know, using one software accounting package, but use it instead yeah. of not using it, right? So there are tons of great fintech products out there that are out there to help the business owner.
0: Awesome. So maybe uh, moving away from technology and more into emerging approaches that you think, um, you know, small finance teams should be aware of and maybe start thinking about it. We've heard a lot of interesting talk around virtual audits, which were a thing before, but now they're becoming a little bit more of a thing, you know, also uh, fractional CFOs that the fractional trend is hitting across the C-suite, but you know, there's yeah. a lot of interest in CFOs in particular. So um, what do you think all the uh, trend wise, you know, small finance teams ought to be focusing on?
1: I mean, there are so many trends out there right now, it's super exciting to be in accounting because of the trends and what, um, you know, technology has allowed us to do. A couple of points that I really want to touch on is, first of all, data security. So that's definitely huge. Um, Ensuring that your internal controls are working properly. And you've protected your assets. You've protected yourself from any fraudulent behaviors from employees and such, especially working in a remote. Um, environment that we've moved into now, right? So, you know, most most businesses had to shuffle very quickly. So now's the time to ensure that, you know, your data is protected and your business is protected and your internal controls are effective and effectively protecting your business. Um, And absolutely, fractional CFOs are a fantastic solution, especially for small businesses, because what a fractional CFO is, is You know, you have the expertise of a CFO who's usually professionally designated, you know, an accounting designation, and they've got at least 10 years of experience. So they're well qualified, but to bring them on as a full-time employee is beyond most small businesses' budgets. And you probably don't have enough work to fulfill their their, uh, time there as well. So taking on a fractional CFO, somebody who's educated and experienced, is fantastic. They're advising you, usually on a monthly basis. They come in, they look at your financial reports, they do a little digging, they do a little analysis, they give you some tips, they give you some strategic um, financial advice. Like They're so valuable that... It's so great to see that small businesses are able to access, access them now. Absolutely.
0: we're Yeah, we're hearing a lot about that trend. And it, since it sounds like you have a, a little bit more experience with it, any um, kind of tips or potential red flags to look out for, anything like that you can offer for folks who are considering whether to bring on a fractional CFO? What should they be looking for? Anything they want to watch out and avoid?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, your first sign that you may need a CFO is that if you've got um, a bookkeeper or, you know, a staff accountant, whatever, if you've got somebody on staff and you need their expertise, but they're not quite at that level to start advising you in how to grow your business and scale it, it's essential to bring somebody in who's qualified to help you. Um, Quite often, and this is what I see a lot with business owners is they think because they've got a bookkeeper and then they've got an accountant that they send their their annual books to and they they complete the tax return they think that these people are actually watching out for their business and there's nothing more inaccurate because as great accountants are they're not you're not engaging them unless you have a specific engagement letter that says yes you're to advise me on on how to you know run the finances within my business they're not responsible to tell you that they're resp- you're engaging them to complete a corporate tax return and make sure that your your books are in compliance so understanding that that is their role and that you may need to bring on another person on your team Is essential especially if you want to grow your business. So when you're growing your business you have to be very careful as well because often what happens and people don't realize this is that growth is actually quite risky if it's done improperly. So if you're growing too quickly or you don't have that financial foundation in place for growth you are putting your business at risk. So having somebody advise you and help you through that growth stage is absolutely imperative. Because sadly, 82% of businesses fail due to financial mismanagement. So it is an excellent return on investment to put that money towards somebody who can help you and get you through problematic times, whether it's raising capital or, you know, getting through a growth stage or whatever the case may be, because your business will survive because you've secured the, the expertise and, you know, strategic advice from a qualified CFO. Absolutely.
0: And, uh, that, you know, kind of, uh, the, uh, the potential for a financial disaster kind of made me think of, um, if you have any tips for folks on virtual audits, because I know that you work with a lot of startups and potentially they could have had their first audit ever, be a virtual one. And that's a pretty different
1: scenario for folks who are completely new to the auditing process. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, in my opinion, a virtual audit is not really much different than having the accountant in your office. They're still going to ask you for the same uh, reports and they're still going to examine, you know, what's going on in your financial systems and such. So the difference is that they're no longer in your office and it's virtual. So most, I and like I would say most, accountants are very, um, they, they're definitely doing their due diligence and ensuring the cybersecurity of your information. But if you are dealing with an accounting firm or, and typically the IRS would never put you in a um risky situation for your your finances. So whether you're getting audited by the IRS or if an accounting firm is auditing your financial statements, if you feel like your information isn't being secured, um, that is definitely something that you absolutely have the right to ask about and ensure that they're taking data security to the extreme when it comes to your financial information. Mm, Absolutely. Great point. Melissa, I'd like to turn our conversation back around to finance talent and where all organizations should start looking to find the future finance talent, and then what types of skills, whether it be technical or soft, or capabilities that they should look for in the new and upcoming talent or talent to fill the new roles with the technology that's emerging. Yeah, that's a really good question. Absolutely, with the new technology, I would say that the biggest um, issue in accounting is having excessive amounts of data. We've never had the um, access to so much data as we have now. So when you're hiring somebody, first of all, great new hires are new graduates. They are generally educated in, in data analytics. They have the technolo- like the, the technological savviness to take data and turn it into um, meaningful information for us. I would also um, recommend if you're looking for accountants, you know, use your network, use referrals. Referrals are extremely valuable and they save a lot of time and money when it comes to um, hiring. Now, when it comes to actually finding a good fit for for your company, you know, those interpersonal skills are so important. Um, I can't stress that enough because nobody likes working for somebody or with people who are difficult. So just because you're in accounting, I mean, accounting, accountants have this terrible reputation of being very introverted and we're often called bean counters and such, right? And I couldn't disagree more because I've worked with so many fabulous accountants, right? So ensure like when you're hiring that they're going to fit in with your, your company culture and with the other employees that they'll be working with and that they, can talk to other departments and not talk over them at that high level accounting jargon I use because it's jargon to everybody else mm-hmm. like we may understand it but you know when you're speaking with other departments it's not as clear to them so just being approachable and personable and still you know hardworking and smart is definitely um, the qualities that I would look for when I'm hiring. Absolutely. Quick follow up
0: question for you uh, based on a, another recent interview we did where uh, a younger accountant mentioned that he felt like folks his age were less likely to go through the process of taking the CPA exam. And they felt like that wasn't really the, the kind of shortcut to success and job security that it once looked like it was. Um, how did, how, what's your take on that?
1: Oh, I would strongly disagree with that. Um, Respectfully, too. I mean, I totally understand that, um, you know, where his opinion is coming from. But on the other hand, you know, being a CPA, first of all, it puts you into a professional class. It shows that you're an expert in what you're doing. Um, It is open to so many doors for me. If I wasn't a CPA, I certainly wouldn't be writing for Forbes or Entrepreneur or any other large um, publication it gives me a platform where I can help other business owners and really you know show them how valuable this information is and how to use it to their advantage. Um, I've definitely gained employment by having my CPA designation. Um, and through you know just my entire career it's opened so many doors to opportunities. so I would respectfully disagree with that. Um, there are quick ways to make money for sure. But if you're in the long haul and you really want to create authority and credibility and have doors open for you, the CPA designation is by far the best way to go.
0: Absolutely. And, and also for our younger folks, you know, beyond you know, that designation, are there other um, sites, resources that you might recommend for young professionals looking to grow their skills and, and really grow in the profession?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, there are, I mean, we're in the age where there is content, like just unbelievable amounts of content out there. Um, I would plug my own site. (laughs) The businesssociety.co, where that's specifically what I offer business owners, is a place to go to learn about personal finance, business finance, and how to build your business. But there are tons of different places out there. There's entrepreneur.com. There's forbes.com. There are CEO World. There are tons of major publications where they are talking about what is current in business, and not just business, but accounting as well. There's the CPA organizations where you can go and have a look at their website and see what's going on because, you know, CPAs are definitely shedding that, you know, boring, you know, suit type of image because it's proving to be a very challenging and rewarding career. So do your research and learn about the exciting things that you can actually do with that CPA designation as well. Absolutely.
0: And I imagine that would also help um, our young professionals really serve that more strategic advisory role, grow into that. You need to know the language of business more
1: broadly. That is one of my favorite quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't it Warren Buffett who said, accounting is the the language of business? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, that's it for me, Megan. You got any more questions? Thank you, Melissa, so much for your time today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Awesome.
0: Well, this is Mercy Harper. And this is Megan McCulloch. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. To learn more about Melissa and her work, please visit thebusinesssociety.co. To learn more about APQC's research, check out apqc.org. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day.